0: Technology and the Sea Fascination Marine Technology A podcast by Bärbel Feening in cooperation with the German Association for Marine Technology, GMT Welcome to this podcast episode, which is all about a sea of data. Maryspace X is a cloud where maritime data will be collected in the future. This data is important for all projects in the sea, on the seabed, on the water. Why it is so important to collect all this maritime data in one place is something I talked about with Jan Vendt, the managing director of the company North IO from Kiel, who initiated the whole project. But he's not doing it alone. In the meantime, there is a project consortium developing MaryspaceX, a project which is funded by the federal government with 10 million euros. Welcome, Jan Vett. Hello. It's a time of transformation. Everything changes. It seems as if everything is going digital, even the ocean. Soon, marine data will be accessible worldwide. Is that the idea of MaryspaceX?
1: I think it's one of the main goals of, of Mary Space X. We have many other small things that we want to achieve, but accessibility of data is one of the keys, I uh, think, that we want to achieve with our Maryspace project. Opening data silos. Yeah. They're a very big, big part of what we're doing.
0: What kind of data will be collected there?
1: Yeah, the data space uh, actually consists of many different kinds of data sets. So we will probably have different kinds of hydrographic data sets ranging from acoustic, multi-beam, side-scan sonar data types up to environmental um, information, probably geological information, um, but everything under the uh, sea surface. Yeah.
0: Why is it so important to share this data?
1: This data is extremely expensive it is existing but as i mentioned already it's existing in data silos and we have to open this data silos so what does it uh, mean we have for example um, the Baltic sea probably every point in the Baltic sea was measured already five times so data is located in research institutions in um, businesses in public authorities but it's not clear that the data is there the data is, is not accessible um, but it's extremely expensive data and uh, we need to actually create value out of this data, create information out of this data. And Maryspace has the goal to open up this this data silos.
0: What a brilliant idea. So let's look ahead. What will change in terms of planning an offshore wind park, for example?
1: Yeah, I think the offshore wind park is a very, very good example. Um, maybe in the future, um, when you want to plan offshore wind park, you won't directly send out um, boats, ships, which are quite expensive um, for acquiring data. But maybe you will actually check first uh, inside of Maryspace. Is someone maybe already uh, having data available for this area? Is someone maybe selling data already for for this area? So um, I think it's a bit... Bring more kind of democratic perspective on, on data. So if data is available, um, and Mary's space actually makes it available. Um, we will have way more chances to, to use this kind of data, not just for answering one question. What's happening quite often today, but answering a hundred questions from one data set and offshore wind is a perfect uh, example where you actually can check is data available. And if it's available, maybe it's way cheaper to buy it inside Maryspace or somewhere else than sending out a ship.
0: Who will have access to this data? Access
1: can actually have everyone. Yeah, So that's the idea of Maryspace. We are building not one centralized um, cloud or whatever. Um, We are building a decentralized system. What does this mean? Decentralized means we are building the technology for the Maryspace. You can run a Maryspace actually on your internal um, servers. You can run a Maryspace on a cloud provider. You can run a Maryspace wherever you want. And um, when you run this Maryspace, you connect to the big Maryspace network. Let's say it like this. And you can actually then decide which data I want to give into the Maryspace. So data that you have maybe already on, on hard drives, on servers. And you can decide, do I give it actually into the Maryspace environment for free? Do I put a price tag um, on it? Do I create a business model maybe, um, out of this? So this is, um, the idea of the decentralized, let's say, like this idea of Maryspace.
0: It's driven by the industry or?
1: Yeah, it's fully industry-driven. I think that's one of the uh, big advantages also that we have. Um, there are for sure many other interesting research projects out there, how to use data and especially maritime data more uh, efficiently. But our focus was from the beginning to build an industry-driven project. We have many research institutions involved as well, and research plays an essential part also in this maritime domain. But um, the driver in this case is the uh, industry coming from the domain of offshore wind, where we have partners involved coming from the tech domain um, as well. And I think the big goal is um, not to have a demonstrator or a prototype after this total three years, but to have a running system which everyone can immediately use, which is industry-ready.
0: And is it the only maritime data space in the world?
1: Um under the conditions of Gaia-X, definitely. So we'll probably come to what Gaia-X is in the next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, we are building, yeah, let's say like a sovereign uh, data space, um, which is fully industry driven. And this just simply doesn't exist until now. Because also partly the technology didn't exist until now to do something like this.
0: But it seems as if everybody is convinced that this is the future.
1: I think it is. I mean, maritime is for all of us, for our future, for our future generations, one of the most important domains, I think, being it the energy transformation, which is driven by, by oceans, by offshore wind, being it biological climate change uh, topics. Um, so I think it's, it's a very urgent need to be more efficient also with data in this space.
0: So let's talk about Gaia X. You already mentioned it. Marispace X is part of Gaia X. But what's that all about?
1: Exactly. That's a very good question. So what is is Guy X is a technical and legal framework for cloud computing. So and this is very important. It's not a physical cloud. So it's not a new cloud um, with hardware, with servers. It's just actually the technical and legal framework of how we, from a European perspective, see cloud. Yeah. Um, it comes a bit from the topic that we have very, very large-scale tech companies, mostly from the United States or from China, who um, yeah create quite fast um, some kind of vendor logins. So vendor logins means if I'm going to Amazon, to AWS, and I'm starting to use the functionality there, it's very hard for me to get out again. And Gaia X, um since we are building frameworks, we're building technical frameworks and legal frameworks, and everyone who complies to this frameworks, every cloud provider, for example, helps us because we can simply switch a merry space between these different cloud providers because everyone plays under the same rules. And this is what's driving actually Gaia X forwards, playing under the same rule set.
0: And it's the value of being independent, isn't it?
1: Exactly. So um, there are for sure reasons why you use different cloud providers in the world. In some countries, hydrographic data is not allowed to leave the country, for example. Sometimes you want to host the data on your own servers because the value is too high. You don't want to provide it in a cloud. And this is a very big part of what GAIAX brings us, independence. Independence from specific large-scale cloud providers, independence from small-scale cloud providers, and that's exactly. What you said, sovereignty and independence, these are the two very, very big words um, that drive the idea of Gaia X.
0: So let's talk about Marispace X. Which use cases do you have?
1: We have four different uh, use cases. So the first uh, use case is, for example, offshore wind. Offshore wind is one of the key drivers of the energy transformation. And offshore wind is a very complex topic as well. I mean, you're building infrastructure worth uh, billions of, of euros in in the oceans. And it means you have many, many stakeholders involved while building a wind park, while actually maintaining um, your wind park. And all these stakeholders, um, all these companies, all these public authorities, they have to Exchange data, and this is at the moment quite a tedious process. So um, just sending hard drives around, and I think we're in 2022, so you don't need to send hard drives with DHL around <laughs> anymore. And we want to make that's just this process a bit bit smarter, and for sure also save save costs and resources to make it more and more efficient. Mm-hmm. Second use case that we are facing is, for example, biological climate protection. So, um, this is a very uh, research driven use case, the most research driven that we have in the, in the project. But here we want to get a good estimate of how we can use, for example, seagrass for biological climate protection. So to store CO2 actually in seagrass. And our goal here is to combine remote sensing, so satellite-based data, airplane-based data with underwater data in the nearshore zone where it's up to five meters depth. And we want to do this to estimate how much seagrass is there. Where can we uh, actually plant seagrass for storing um, CO2? So also very interesting use case where we are trying to estimate and to quantify the storage potential of CO2 in our, in our
0: oceans in the coastal zone. Is there any kind of cooperation with any scientific institutions like GEOMAR?
1: Yeah, for sure. We have many scientific institutions as partners in the project as well. You just mentioned, for example, GEOMAR is involved. We have the University of Kiel involved. We have the University of Rostock as well as the Fraunhofer um, IGD in Rostock involved. So there's a high level of of really world-class research um, also involved in the project.
0: Okay, interesting Third use case, please
1: third use case is uh, Internet of Underwater Things, so I-O-U-T, we call it in our <laughs> in our world. So um, the normal world actually deals with I-O-T, um, but what is it about? So what we mentioned already, Gaia X is also discussing the topic of data sovereignty. So who is the owner of data and which point in the whole um, chain of data processing, for example? And in this I-O-U-T use case, we would like to work very intensively together with the uh, Fraunhofer Institute in and the ocean technology center and the test field there to see if we can already conduct some kind of data sovereignty on the sensor itself. Yeah. We are in an offline environment usually when we are underwater and already on the data, on the uh, sensor side, we would like to see who is the owner of the data, of the acquired data. We would like to see what is happening with the data when it's getting out of the water, when it's transferred to the cloud. So um, to make it traceable. So that's one of the big goals of this use case. And last but not least, we have the munition in the sea uh, use case. So uh, we are facing a very big legacy of around 1.6 million tons of munition just in our German waters, so Baltic Sea and North Sea, um, which is yeah equivalent to a two and a half thousand kilometer long long train of munition, which was mostly dumped after the Second World War. And which for sure has effects on us yeah? on the security side when we want to build infrastructure, but also on the environmental side when uh, toxic compounds are uh, leaked into the environment. And we would for sure like to get a better understanding of, are there 1.6 million tons really? Where is this munition? Does data exist already in different kind of data silos to get a better overview? But also how do we actually exchange critical security, critical data between stakeholders like industry, like public authorities and like navies, a very complex and tedious process today almost sometimes impossible to exchange uh, data between this kind of players. But under the umbrella of GAIA-X and the idea of data sovereignty, we would like to emphasize that there there is a technical option to secure data exchange.
0: And you've got support by the federal government
1: Exactly, this project uh, Maryspace is funded by the government. Uh, so in total, the uh, funding volume of uh, 10 million euro, which is quite substantial, and it's actually the yeah biggest maritime industrial project in, in Europe with this um, funding. So uh, very very one and um, we have many partners involved nine partners from germany alone are involved and we already have more than 30 associated partners from all over the world wow. and for sure for, for politics um, it's a quite interesting project because we are addressing some of the main challenges that we as society face at the moment
0: it takes another three years until Maryspace x is usable is that right
1: yeah, I mean, we already are in the first year, so um, our goal is in the next two years to finalize the software development of the data space. I think we are more or less on track. Um, there is some kind of delay in provision of the core GAIA-X components, but we have the next two years to to work intensively on this and there will be definitely a product ready after the end of the of the project, which can be then used by the by the maritime players, and which will hopefully really get some kind of industrial standard in the future.
0: Wow! Thank you, Jan Vent. It was very interesting. You're welcome. That was today's podcast episode. I talked to Jan Vent, managing director of the company North IO from Kiel. Thanks for a quick review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and bye. Technology and the Sea Fascination Marine Technology A podcast by Bärbel Feening in cooperation with the German Association for Marine Technology, GMT